0: good morning and welcome to 40 days of prayer week number five so glad that you are here Uh, we are going to jump right into our message real soon but before we get there I want to give you a next-gen update we've been on this journey uh, for over two and a half years now and I want to let you know we have now uh, surpassed two million dollars in total giving which we can celebrate amen (laughs) I want to say a thank you to everyone who's been giving over these last uh, months and months. As I mentioned last week, uh, we are facing some very necessary expenses that uh, we needed to remove from the scope of the project at the very beginning in order to get our, our funding. And uh, there's some essential things, things like chairs. I think most of us would like to be able to sit over in the new auditorium. Amen. Uh, We have purchased those chairs. We're going to have chairs, but they haven't been covered in the expenses, and so we just want to let everybody know this. There's other things like uh, furniture for the lobby and for the courtyard. Uh, There's going to be furniture for the cry room that we want to make sure we have. Also, some important uh, audiovisual pieces of equipment, and then uh, some enhanced children's check-in to help our guests get uh, their kids into their classes as soon as possible, Uh, All of these things are going to total up to around $100,000, so it's a significant thing. We want to let you know, and uh, we want to just give you the opportunity uh, to participate in making sure we have uh, what we need uh, that the Lord is going to provide. We're trusting Him to do that, and it may be that He provides through you, and so you may be able to accelerate your giving. Uh, You may be able to give more than you were planning on giving Uh, It's really up to you following what the Lord leads you to do. We're not going to be forcing and pushing and twisting arms at all. Uh, But I do know one thing that I want to say everyone should do, and that is pray. All of us can be praying that God will provide needs, and we do believe that He is going to provide for all of these needs because we serve a God, and God is good, and all the time... And that's where we stand, and that's what we're trusting in, all right? So uh, let's jump into our message today. It's called How to Pray Throughout Your Day. And I want to start this message by looking at how the Apostle Paul prayed. I I don't know if you've noticed this, but when you study Paul's life, it's obvious he prayed all the time, right? In letter after letter, he's saying things like, I'm always praying. I'm praying without ceasing. I never stop praying for you. So the question is, how do you pray without ceasing? Listen to Ephesians 6, 18. It says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Now, Paul packs so much about prayer into this one verse. I want to mention five things. You can just write them down. He says, First of all, pray in the Spirit. And this means to pray as the Spirit leads. You can write that down. We are to pray in the power of the Spirit, as the Spirit prompts, as the Spirit leads us. It's like if someone comes to your mind, just pray for them. If an idea comes into your mind, just pray about it. Now, not every impression comes from God, but you will never go wrong praying about those things. Now, for the second through the fifth things that I want to point out, These are drawn from the four times in this verse that Paul uses the Greek word for all. He says, this is number two, pray on all occasions. This means pray all the time. This means there is no inappropriate or bad time to pray. Every time, everywhere, we can pray. Third, he says pray with all kinds of prayers and requests. This means that we can pray in many ways, that there is not one right way to pray, And we really learn this from the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms gives us many different prayers for all kinds of circumstances and emotions. There are complaining prayers. There are comforting prayers. There are confessing prayers in the Psalms. There are celebrating prayers for when we're happy. So you can ask for anything you need. There is nothing off limits. If you're interested in it, God is interested in it. You can pray about health issues and mental issues and financial issues and sexual issues and career issues and relational issues. You can even play, pray about political issues. That's legal. That's legal. There are 150 psalms, and you should use them to pray. In fact, Christians have done this for a couple thousand years now. People have prayed the psalms. If you're not sure what to pray sometimes, then just pray Those words that God inspired by his Holy Spirit, the Psalms. Fourth insight, he says, be alert and always keep on praying. Uh, Be alert means to always be ready. Uh, Keep on means to never give up. And to do this, here's the fourth thing, write this down. You need to plan your praying. See, that's what we're going to be talking about this, this morning. How do you plan to pray? And spontaneous prayers are great. But the Bible calls us to plan our prayers, to think through when and where and what we will pray about. You prepare in order to be ready and to keep on praying. And then fifth, he says to pray for all the saints. This means pray for everyone. Now, I can't do that if I pray one time a day for two minutes, right? I can't do that. I need to pray throughout the day. So the question is, how do I do that? Well, to pray throughout your day, you need to develop two habits. Let me mention them to you. Number one, you keep a running conversation with God. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 is a three-word verse in this translation, and it says, never stop praying. I want to point something out here. I want you to notice this. This is a command. It's in the imperative mood in the Greek text. That means it's a command, and that means if you don't do that, what are you doing? You're sinning. Now, see, here's the thing. A lot of us, we read this verse, and we say, that sounds good, that sounds spiritual, but we think, I can't do that, so I'm just going to ignore it. How many of you ignore this verse? Pretty much, that's really what happens in your life. You don't really pay attention to it because you don't think you can do it. I'm here to tell you today, sorry, you're sinning. I sin. We all sin when we don't do this. This is a command. So how do we do that? How? Do we keep a running conversation with God? And the answer is you just talk to God like you talk to anyone else. You just keep talking. It just keeps flowing. Don't end the prayer sometimes. Don't, you don't have to every time say in Jesus' name, amen. If something comes up, you talk to God about it. If something comes up a minute later, you talk to God about that. It's like breathing. You don't think about breathing. You just breathe, right? And if you don't breathe, you will die. Well, prayer is like spiritual breathing. Prayer is to your soul what breathing is to your body, and it needs to become so natural you don't even think about it. See, right now, most of us, we we probably have to think to pray, but I'm telling you, you can develop a habit where you learn to talk to God, and it doesn't have to be something you think about. You're doing it so consciously. Here's what I'm talking about. Instead of talking to yourself, you talk to God all the time. You see, talking to yourself really is what we all often call thinking. You understand that, right? And so you can begin to talk to God just like you talk to yourself all the time. Right now, you are talking to yourself. I, I guarantee it. I don't know what you're thinking and what you're saying. Some of you are already wondering when is this guy up there gonna quit talking and I can leave. I'm just letting you know ahead of time, it's gonna be a while, okay? <laughs> This is a long one today. You guys are going to have to listen quickly today. But you're always thinking. Your mind is always working. And so what this is about is you are turning those thoughts that you direct at yourself into a conversation with God. You really can do this. You really can do this. And it's not that hard if you'll work at it to begin to switch this and make the habit of your mind to be talking to God. You wake up. You commute. You commute. You work all day, you come home, you go to the grocery store all through the day. Whatever you're doing, you're talking to God about it. It's a conversation. And you need to learn to talk to God about whatever's on your mind at the moment. I mean, you know, when you watch TV, you can talk to God about what you're watching. You can say, God, do you think that was funny? I didn't. Some of you say, I can't talk to God about what I watch on TV. Well, then you probably shouldn't be watching it. You know, I watch some shows uh, uh, many times, different kinds of shows that in different ways display the beauty of God in creation. And they're not like all Nat Geo. There are other different kinds of shows. And I find myself worshiping. What I've developed is this habit. I see something that's beautiful that I know God created. I say, God, thank you. You're amazing. You did that. I mean, all kinds of things. Did anybody notice how beautiful it was driving in this morning? You see the snow in the hills to the south? Did you praise God? Did you thank God for that? See, we can talk to God about anything, anytime, anywhere, whatever is on our minds. Some of you are saying, well, sometimes I don't feel like praying. Well, I would say if you don't feel like praying, it may mean that you're not praying what you feel and you're thinking you have to impose something else into your your mind. If the only time you pray is when you pray what you think you're supposed to pray, you probably won't pray very much. And I want to encourage you, let what's on your mind prompt you to prayer. God wants to talk to you. There's a second way to pray throughout your day, and this is where we're going to focus. This is schedule prayer times throughout your day. Now, I'm going to be teaching you a very simple way to do this today. It's not a new way. It's been done For thousands of years by people who believe in God, they've scheduled their prayer times. We know from the Old Testament that the Jewish people scheduled prayer at certain times of the day. Remember when we studied Daniel's life, how Daniel prayed at set times. He kneeled in prayer three times a day, morning and noon and night. Here's a scripture verse for you, Psalm 119, 164. Seven times a day, I praise you. And so historically in the life of the followers of God, there have been these patterns of prayer that people have adopted. And I'll give you some more context for this. This is from church history. Uh, Maybe you know that the church of Jesus, which we are part of, was born during the times of the Roman Empire. And when the Romans conquered the known world, they built a forum in every major city. And in those forums, they usually would put a bell tower, and they would ring the bell in the bell tower throughout the day. It would ring first at 6 a.m. This was called prime. Um, It was the first hour of the day. It meant it's time to go to work. It's like the city's alarm clock. It would ring again at 9 a.m., three hours later. And this was called terse, which was the third hour. It would ring at noon. And this was called sext. See, before recently somebody started doing this stuff they shouldn't be doing, there was a word like that. That's the real meaning of it. It just means six the sixth hour. Go ahead and laugh, okay? It's, if you don't laugh, you cry. But it was the sixth hour, the bells would ring. And we actually see this in the New Testament. You remember in the Gospel of John, Jesus was crucified around, John says, six hour. He's using the Roman system of counting time. It was around noon. And they would ring the noon bell to tell everyone it was time for lunch cool thing back in ancient times was when they went to lunch lunch lasted until 3 p.m three hour lunch who votes for that (laughs) well then it would ring again at 3 p.m to tell people to wake up and get back to work Uh, that was this mid uh, mid afternoon uh, bell this was called known it's pronounced known it looks like none it's the ninth hour And then you would work until around 6 p.m., they'd ring the bell again. This was the evening bell tells you it's time to go home. This was called Vespers, or the evening hour. And the the Romans did this for hundreds of years. And Jewish people and Christian people living in their cities developed this practice, this habit of praying when the bells would ring. And it came to be called uh, the Liturgy of the Hours. And even today, some of you have a Roman Catholic background. You may remember that the, the, the Catholic Church still uses some of these terms like prime and vespers to refer to these kinds of set times of prayer. Now, over time, uh, monks and monasteries started putting bells in the monasteries to help them remember when to pray. That's why they had bell towers. They'd ring these bells every three hours time to pray, time to pray. And around the 1400s, some of the monks started thinking, this is a lot of trouble, always having a monk standing there near the bell, ready to ring the bell at the, the right time. And so they started creating mechanical instruments that would ring the bell on a schedule. And today, we know that um, a medieval Latin word for bell is the word clocka. And our word clock is derived from that. You probably didn't know this, but clocks were invented to help people pray, not just to make our lives more efficient. You know, today we always know the time. I mean, right down to the atomic second, right? Because it's right there. But clocks were first invented for worship to help people pray and honor God. Now, many people maybe you know some, still practice prayer like this using the liturgy of the hours. Some people call it the divine office. And in some cases, this system can be very, very complicated. But we're going we're to see a very simple, basic system today. Uh, it's developed by Rick Warren. It's not original with me. It's a daily schedule. It's built on the seven phrases we find in the Lord's Prayer. And I want you to understand as we get into this, The Lord's Prayer is not simply a prayer to be prayed. It is a model for life. See, when Jesus gave us the Lord's Prayer, remember he said this then is how you should pray. He didn't say, pray this. Nowhere does the Bible command us to recite the Lord's Prayer, although it's not wrong to do so. The Bible does warn us, against repeating something so much it becomes rote and a vain repetition, something that you can like rattle off without even thinking about it. But we often take a model and turn it into a recipe, don't we? And Jesus gives us the Lord's Prayer. It's a model. It's it's a pattern. And so what we're going to do today with the remainder of our time is we're going to kind of walk through a typical day in your life, and I'm going to show you how from morning all the way until evening you can use the seven Uh, phrases of the Lord's Prayer to just remember throughout your day, I should talk to God right now. It's a daily schedule of praying where you can pray about everything in your life for a minute here, for five minutes there, however long you want. It's a pattern for praying throughout your day. It's a pattern for praying without ceasing. It's a way that you can obey God's command, never stop praying. So we're going to jump right into this with the first phrase in the Lord's Prayer, and it's in the morning, early in the morning, whatever time you wake up, the first thing that I want to suggest you do, build it into your life as you pray. And the phrase I want you to write down to help you remember this is when you wake up, you get up with gratitude. Get up with gratitude. So the Lord's Prayer begins with our Father in heaven. When you wake up before anything else, begin your day remembering you have a Father and he's a good father. Amen? Amen. He gives you so many good things. You start your day telling God what you're grateful for. You begin by acknowledging, I am totally dependent on you. And that can change your day, totally change your day. I mean, how many of you wake up grouchy in the morning? How many of you just let her sleep? You can choose. <laughs> you can choose the attitude you have when you wake up, right? You can wake up grouchy, grumbly, or you can wake up grateful. It's your choice. You get to decide. I don't know if you know this, but doctors have discovered that gratitude is like the single most healthy emotion that it actually makes you healthier mentally, emotionally, even physically. So why not Start every day thanking God for what he's done for you. Now, one practical way to build this into your life is you make a gratitude list. And and you would keep that, I think, handy where you can access it as soon as possible by your bedside. Uh, How many of you have the 40 Days of Prayer journal? How many of you have seen on page 178 to 181, there is a gratitude list from A to Z, a place for you to start writing things down? Some of you have already begun doing that, right? Raise your hands if you have. Quite a few of you have. Um, It's right there. That's one way to do it. You can put it on any piece of paper you want. It's really up to you, whatever works for you, but you begin to collect and to have handy so you can just go there and remind yourself of things that you should thank God for, things that you are grateful for. You say, Father, thank you, and it'll change. It'll change your attitude. A psychologist claim that your attitude for the day is set in the first eight minutes. So why not start your day with gratitude for God's goodness? Make a gratitude list. I would also recommend a helpful thing is to, to get some verses uh, that are about thankfulness and maybe write those verses out on a card, put them on a bathroom mirror, wherever you see them, very, very quickly after you, you get up. Now, why do we do this? Well, 1 Corinthians 4.7 says, What do you have that God hasn't give you, given you? And if everything you have is from God, why boast as though it were not a gift. See gratitude gets me to focus on my father. He is my Abba who meets all my needs. So you start your day focusing on the goodness of God. You're a good good father. That's who you are. Let me recount and remember some of the ways God that you have been good to me. James 1:17 says every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. So I start my day. You can write this down. I thank my father in heaven for his love and recall all of the ways he's good to me. Just build this into your life. Doesn't have to take a real long time. It's how you begin your day. So you get out of bed. You get dressed, take a shower, whatever it is you do to begin your day, and now you're you're getting ready to eat. Second thing I do, I, I bless God's name at breakfast. Now, again, this doesn't have to be a long prayer, but you draw this from the second phrase of the Lord's prayer, hallowed be your name. Now, to bless means to honor or praise or to adore It means to hallow, to to see something that is uh, lifted up and exalted. So the theological word for this is adoration. We bless God and adore God. It's the second phrase of the Lord's Prayer. God's name is holy. And so we just real early in the day say, God, I'm going to honor your name. I'm going to bless your name. Psalm 145.2 says, Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Every day, not just on Sunday, every day. Maybe you're wondering, what's the big deal about God's name? Well, if you read through Psalms, it's mentioned about 80 times. Bless the name of the Lord, praise the name, give thanks to the name, exalt the name of the Lord. See, in the Bible, your name is your character. It's who you are. And even today, uh, we talk about this. You know, if you're going to get a loan, it's based on your good name, your, your credit. If you have a bad name, no one will loan you money. And so what God is saying is when I make a promise to you, there's over 7,000 of them in the Bible, it's based on my name. You can depend on it because I can be depended on. And we give names today because we like how they sound. You probably know from reading the Bible that back then they gave names to reveal a person's character. And the Bible gives us about 100 different names uh, in Hebrew and in Greek for God, and each one... Uh, represents a different aspect or facet of God's character. It's sort of like a title. I'll put a few on the screen just to kind of whet your appetite. You can add easily to them as you read the, the word of God. You know, God says that he's a father. He's our Abba. We talked a lot about that last week. It means that we can come to him and trust that he will be good to us. Uh, God says, my name is El Shaddai. This means almighty God. It tells us God has all power that we need. We don't have power, but he does. Amen? Amen? God says, my name is Yahweh Rapha. I am the God who heals you, and that is good because we all need healing mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, in all kinds of ways. There's Yahweh Shalom. That means God is our peace. There's El Roy, which means I am the God who sees, that God sees you, and he knows where you are, and he knows what you're going through. The Bible just says you are to bless the names of God. Now, here's the point. I've been saying this, and I'm going to say it again. All prayer is based on who God is, and so it's important that we know God and understand who he is. Do you realize this? The more you know God, the wiser you're going to be, the better decisions you're going to make. The more you know God, the less you're going to worry. The more you know God, the more confident you're going to be. The more you know God, the more you will know yourself. Have you ever thought about this? Some of you have problems with your identity. You say, I don't really know who I am. The answer to that is get to know God better because in knowing God, you will come to know yourself, who you truly are. That's the answer. The better you know your creator, the better you'll know yourself. See, when we talk about knowing the names of God, it's really about knowing who God is really is. Psalm 9 verse 10 says, those who know your name will trust in you for you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Somebody here needs to memorize that verse. It's for you today. All of us go ahead and write this down. I review God's names and pray about the promises they point to. So so you get up with gratitude. You bless God's name at breakfast, reminding yourself of who he is. You're starting your day, do you see this, with thanksgiving and praise. That's how you begin your day. And then third, at mid-morning, remember what matters most. So you're now at work, and maybe around 10 a.m., whenever it would be for you, take a prayer break. Why? Well, let me ask you a question. You ever find yourself at mid-morning and you've lost your focus You ever feel like I'm not getting things done? Well, maybe you need to pray. It doesn't have to be long. You can pray at your desk. You can go take a walk. You can go outside just for a couple of minutes, maybe five minutes, whatever it is. And the third phrase in the Lord's Prayer is, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So sometime in the middle of the morning, every day, just take a breath and say, What matters most? I want to get the big picture. I'm kind of distracted. I'm I'm feeling anxious. I've lost my direction. I need to pray. And your prayer at this point is, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done. Now, those two phrases mean essentially the same thing because when God's kingdom comes, God's will is done. And when God's will is done, God's kingdom has come. And so what we're really praying is, God, it's about your agenda, not mine this is the prayer of dedication. You can write this down. I align myself with God's purpose and plans for my life. Every day, you should be praying along these lines. God, I need to remember there's something a lot bigger than what's on my agenda. Let your kingdom come, Lord. Let your will be done. You have a big plan, God. I want to I get in on what you're doing. And this is just a reminder. Every day, God has a universal purpose for the whole world. That history is moving towards a climax. This is not the circle of life. Don't care what Lion King says. History is linear. God has a purpose. There is a point. It's heading toward a goal. And one day there will be an ending and Jesus Christ will come back and he will make all things right. Amen. Amen. God has a plan for the whole world, but he also has a plan for your life, your individual life. And it's good for you every day to position his plan for you within His big plan for the world and remind yourself that you are here to serve Him and He's not here to serve you. You see, in addition, there's a blessing that comes with this. When you line up your life with God's plans and purposes, God promises that He will take care of your needs. Matthew six thirty three is one of the Bible's great promises, but seek first His kingdom and His righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Don't have enough time? Put God's agenda first. Don't have enough money? Put God's agenda first. Don't have enough energy? Put God's agenda first. You don't know what you're supposed to do at work, what decisions to make. Put God's agenda first. So sometime around mid-morning, you just pray, Father, I want to line myself up with you your plans, your purposes. You are God, I'm not. And I'm just telling you, when you do that, it opens up all kinds of power that God brings to bear in our lives. So we should every day be doing this, aligning ourselves with God's plan. Now we come to lunch next. It's around noontime. This is the fourth thing. You can write this down, list my needs at lunch. So this is the time of petition, and this is a good time to talk to God about your needs. You started the day with gratitude. You blessed God's name at breakfast. You aligned yourself with God's plan and purpose for your life, and now at lunchtime, God says, "What do you need? What do you want to ask me?" Uh, Seek first my kingdom, and I will give all of your needs to you. I'll provide for you. Since it's lunch, you may be eating a sandwich. So this. This uh, prayer will go real well. The fourth one is, give us today our daily bread, right? And bread here represents everything we need. Um, Bread can represent money. Some of us are old enough to know when the really cool people called money bread. Got any bread? (laughs) Bread just represents our needs. Uh, God says, I want you to pray about your needs, I want you to notice, though, that we don't ask for monthly bread or weekly bread. It's daily bread. Has anyone else noticed God's not real interested in giving you what you need for the rest of the year? You know why, don't you? That if he did that, you would kind of not trust him day by day by day. This goes back to when God was leading the nation of Israel through the wilderness on their way to the promised land. He provided them food. You remember what it was called? It was called manna. And it came once a day. Every day they would go out. It would be on the ground. They would pick it up. And you didn't gather enough for the next day. If you did, in the next morning, the manna stank. It was no good to eat. You had to get it every day. God was teaching them that they had to depend on him day after day. And so in the middle of your day, you're just stopping and saying, God, I know you gave me enough strength for yesterday, but I need strength for the day. I'm coming back to you. I'm asking Maybe your prayer is going to be, God, this afternoon I need to finish this major project or I need to get this contract signed or maybe there's this conflict where I work that I've had uh, to to face and I'm dealing with it right now or there's this meeting i got to go to. It's not going to be any fun. Whatever it is, you're just asking God, provide please what I need today. See, I would recommend here that you begin building a list because there are many things in your life you have an ongoing need for, Right? But you've been writing these things down, building a list of the things that you want to pray for on a recurring basis. Have it handy with you when you eat. Take some time to pray. And you can just add to it as things come up. Now, in this area, there are two things that we ask for. Number one, I ask for anything I need. Anything. Don't be embarrassed. God, I need a new car. It's okay. It's okay. I actually suggest before you buy a new car, you ask God to provide one for you first. He might surprise you. He might bless you. Just give him a chance. You know, if you don't, you may find the truth of the scripture. You have not because you ask not. But the real point here is you can ask God for anything. It's God's job to answer yes or no or not yet. John 14, 13, Jesus said, you can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. But at lunchtime, secondly, I also ask for what other people need. It's not just about me. Do you have a family member or a friend? They need something. Why not intercede on their behalf? This is called intercession. You pray for someone else and lunchtime will be a good time for you to do these things. Now, I want to kind of Take a pause right now and add something into this that may not happen at lunchtime for you, but it's an important part of where we're heading as a church. Um, At this Monday's prayer gathering, for those who came to this, you already know, but we introduced um, something that we're going to be engaging in as a church. It is called prayer walking. You say, what's prayer walking? Well, please listen carefully. It's like you walk, and as you walk, you pray. Could it, you want me to say that again? It's you, you pray as you walk. Everybody clear? Let's don't overcomplicate this. What it really means is you leave your house, you walk your street where you live, you walk the neighborhoods, you walk the community, wherever you want to walk. As you walk, as you see the homes, you pray for those people. We've got some instructions in here, it's really easy. Uh, To track with. I think you will understand it as soon as you take a look at it. Um, If you haven't experienced this or heard of this before, some of you have. But if you would like to do this, please uh, feel free to pick just one of these up. Don't take more than one uh, so that everybody has some, but pick one of these up on your way out. If you're going to start this week, what we'd like to ask you to do is to go to the tent. Pastor Chris Martinez is going to be there. And uh, we've got these Uh, big maps on a board of Tracy and Mountain House and Lathrop. And we want you to start by putting a pin. Uh, You'll see the instructions on the street where you live. And then when you come back next week and the week after that, you can mark with a different pin the streets where you've prayed. And we want to cover these maps with these pins so that we can be praying for our entire community. We're going to hear more about this as we go, but this is just one of the ways we can build a prayer uh, into our lives. So asking God uh, to meet needs, I just need a reminder, it's not about just me. And, and I'll go back to what Jesus told us to pray. Just underline this where Jesus said, give us today our daily bread. The prayer is not give me. So Jesus, we're envisioning this as we're part of a community, and that's how we pray. Look at this next verse, 2 Peter 1:3. Jesus has the power of God by which he has given us everything we need to live and to serve God. We have these things because we know him. You have everything you need, so ask God for it. Ask God for it. Here's this next verse, Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, Present your requests to God. And that is what we're talking about here. As you get to the middle of your day, there's some things that are making you anxious, you're uncertain about it. Take them to the Lord. And I'm just telling you, if you will begin to practice this fourth kind of praying at lunchtime, your afternoon will probably be better. But even if it isn't, even if it's not, you will have more peace, you will have more joy even in the middle of the mess, because you have prayed. So again, at this point, this doesn't have to be long, lengthy, but just taking time to pray, it matters. You're feeding your body at lunchtime. Take some time also to feed your soul. So you go back to work. Pretty soon, it's mid-afternoon, and uh, this is the time of day often when you want to take a nap, right? (laughs) You start getting kind of sluggish and... Some of you, like me, are in the people business. You know, I'm dealing with people all the time. And I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but some of them are kind of weird. Some of them are frustrating. Don't look at them right now. Uh, Some of them are disappointing. Some of them hurt you, sometimes intentionally. And I don't know about you, but by the time I get to mid-afternoon, I usually have sinned a time or two. (laughs) Maybe more if I've had to be dealing with Raider fans that day. Um, (laughs) That's big truth. That's what I'm called to do, you know. <laughs> so here's the thing, and I'm confessing to you right now, okay? I, by mid-afternoon, I usually have some attitudes or some actions or some words, you know, that I need to confess to the Lord. I need to face. And so it's time for this fifth kind of praying. Write this down. I ask for forgiveness in the afternoon. So this is the fifth part of the Lord's Prayer. You know it. Verse 12, forgive us for our sins just as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And so every day, at least in the mid afternoon I just take a little prayer break, and I don't even need to tell people I'm doing this. You can get up. Maybe you can walk around uh, the, the office where you are, the building where you are. Maybe you need to go outside, but you just talk to God and say, Lord, is there anything in my life, anything I need to confess, need to clean out, any sin Psalm 139 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. just need to ask God. This should happen every day. For most of us, it needs to happen more than once a day, but at least once every day. You know, it's like I don't want to carry garbage inside me through the rest of the day. It's sort of like taking out the garbage at home. You know, it doesn't take long. But it keeps your house from stinking, right? If you leave the garbage in your house, then it starts to stink. And if you leave sin in your life, your soul starts to stink. You just need to clean it out. Don't let it pile up. And so in confession, what I'm doing is just owning up to my sins. And while I'm at it, don't miss this, I I forgive everyone who sinned against me. Some of you, the sin you need to confess to the Lord is you haven't forgiven people who've sinned against you. You have bitterness and resentment in your heart. You need to let go of that. And I don't really know how I can say this any more strongly, but if you know the Lord, there is never, ever any reason for you to live in guilt. I mean, some of you, you actually think you're being more spiritual by feeling guilty. Some of you think it's your spiritual gift, being guilty all the time. I'm here to tell you, that's not spiritual. That's called neurotic. You're not supposed to live in it. If you're always feeling guilty, you do not understand grace. You do not understand the heart of the Father. You do not understand why Jesus died for you. He wants to forgive you and set you free. He wants you to not carry it around. He wants you to just get honest about your sin, repent of it and ask for forgiveness and receive his forgiveness and receive his cleansing and move on. Would everybody say move on? Move on. See, we're not meant to remain in guilt. Doctors say that if it weren't for guilt and resentment, there are many people in hospitals who could walk out. They have guilt over things they've done, to hurt others, resentment over things that people have done to hurt them. And it makes some people sick. And some of us regret our past and we fret about our future, and we waste the present today. See, we need to set that aside, get rid of it, move on. So write this down. I admit my sins, and I forgive others who've sinned against me. Psalm 32, 5 is a great verse. We've looked at it in our years. Day's uh, devotionals. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. And so, around the middle of the afternoon, around three, you just take a little time to ask God, Where do I need to confess? And now it's time, pretty soon, to head home. A lot of you have to commute, and some of you, I was thinking this week, as you get ready to start your commit. you may need to pray, Lord, for these sins I'm about to commit, <laughs> I ask. You know. by, by the way, did you know studies show that about 90% of all the arguments in the world happen one hour before dinner? Three words, low blood sugar. <laughs> people are cranky, people are tired, you know they're hungry. And so like sometimes you come home and you just take it out on everybody else. Everybody takes it out on everyone else. The husband yells at the wife. The wife yells at the kid. You know, the kid goes and kicks the dog. The dog bites the cat. And then the cat goes, goes in the closet and does something in the husband's shoe. You know, it's just this cycle. And you just need to be aware that at the end of the day, it's just a prime time for this conflict to happen, right? And Because of that, it's wise to ask for help. And that's the sixth prayer time. So we come to the Lord and we just say, number six, ask ask God to help me make wise decisions. This is the prayer of protection. Ask God to protect you, protect you from doing foolish things. Uh, Verse 13 in the Lord's Prayer, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Some of us, our worst temptations, they come in the evening. Uh, Some of us, they come from two very demonic sources, the TV and the refrigerator. I mean, how many of you can watch what you eat until about 6 p.m. and then after that, who knows? (laughs) But like when you're tired, your resources are low, you're more vulnerable and, and you get into arguments and you say things sometimes to cause conflict. And it's just good to pray, Lord, lead me not into temptation, protect me from evil. For some of you, TV is a big temptation. You watch stuff you shouldn't be watching. Some of you are watching stuff on your computer or your phone you shouldn't be watching. Before you get home every day, Lord, lead me not into temptation. Pray for protection. You know, God has given us a great promise about this. First Corinthians ten thirteen says the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience, and God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, He will show you a way out so that you can endure. We all face the same temptations, and God always provides us a way out. You know, I want to mention something. Um, some people. Think that it's a sin to be tempted and it's not the Bible says Jesus was tempted and we know that Jesus never sinned so it's not a a sin to be tempted it's just a sin to give in to the temptation and you may need to be reminded, you cannot control every thought that comes into your mind. Some ideas come into your mind from your past. Maybe some of you have done some things in the past that you should have done, and you've asked for forgiveness for those things. God's cleansed you, but the ideas still come. Sometimes ideas come into your mind from things done to you that you're not guilty about. They weren't your fault, but those ideas still come. Sometimes Satan just puts stuff in your head. Have you ever noticed that? Just random, way out of left field, from outer space kind of thoughts, and they're terrible. Where'd that come from? Well, the evil one is trying to influence you. You can't control the ideas that come. You can control what happens next, and you can ask God to protect you. Finally, we come to the end of the day, and as you get toward the end of the day, you're getting ready to go to bed. What we would suggest here is that you make your last thoughts to be beautiful thoughts, good thoughts, God's thoughts. The last phrase in the Lord's Prayer gives us a, a concept. You can write this down, I end my day with an encouraging truth. So this is the prayer of benediction and benediction just means a good word and you end your day with a good word and encouraging truth. <clears throat> and the Lord's Prayer ends with one of the most encouraging truths around. Uh, you know these words, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And some nights, I think that's all you need to pray. You can pray those words and remember what it means, and you'll probably sleep a lot better. Those words give us three incredibly encouraging truths. I'm going to write these down real quickly. First, God is in control. The politicians aren't, other nations aren't, your boss is not in control, God is in control. Proverbs 21.1 says, the king's heart is a stream of water in the hand of the Lord, he turns it wherever he will. This is God's kingdom, it's God's world and the world is a fallen, broken mess but God is always working and God will always ultimately accomplish his purposes and he invites us to pray and be part of seeing those purposes come to pass. God's always in control. It's his kingdom. Second, we can remember this is not the end of the story. And then third, we can remember that God and his family win in the end. You know, you read, you read the end of this book, and it tells us God wins. God wins. See, some of us have a problem because it's like the last thing we're putting into our minds at night is the news or late-night TV talking about the news, or worse than that, social media arguing about the news. Not a good idea. You're probably going to go to sleep depressed. Like Corey Tenboom said it famously, if you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. If you look at Christ, you'll be at rest. So God, you're in control. This is not the end of the story. We win in the end. Good night, Lord. I'll see you in the morning. That's a good way to go to sleep. It's a good way to go to sleep. Now, you have listened to a very long message this morning, and all God's people said, it's okay, it's okay, I know. (laughs) But here's what I want to challenge you with. My prayer is not that you would just listen to this message and then walk out of here and not do anything about it. My prayer is that you would actually hear God's word to you, respond to what the Holy Spirit tells to you out of what we've talked about, and actually do something. Does that make sense? So here's my suggestion to you. Everybody's got one of these, right? Come on, admit to it. You got one of these, right? You know how to use it? There's a thing called a calendar on this. If you don't know how to use it, there's somebody younger than you in your life that can explain <laughs> it to you. All right. And so, what I would suggest to you, you can start right now, today. You just go to whatever time you get up, and you just schedule it and say a prayer of thanksgiving or get up with gratitude, however you want to put it. And then you go to the next one, and you put what's there, and you do it all the way through your day, scheduling them, and then hit that recurring every day button. You know it's there. You don't have to do this every day. You can do it one time. And then it's there and set some kind of an alert, some kind of alarm. And then allow God to begin to prompt you to pray throughout your day. Wouldn't you like to be able to come to the end of a day and say, I think I prayed without ceasing today. I think I was talking to God all day. Wow. I think I didn't stop praying today. I think I was living in God's presence today. Wouldn't you like that to happen in your life? To be conscious of your Abba, your loving Father, all through the day, no matter what happens. See, God wants this for you. He really does. And you can have it. You really can. But you got a plan you got to respond. You have to obey. This is God's word for us today. And all God's people say, amen. amen. Would you bow your heads?